Income Tax Podcast with Mike Grinning. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at MikeBone. Or you can check out some of my work on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. I'd also love to have you part of our online private Facebook group, which is called Daily Creative Habit. It's creatives with all sorts of expressions showing up saying, I want to be more consistent with my creativity and craft. If you'd like to join this group, just go to dailycreativehabit.com and you'll be forwarded right to the request page and we'll look forward to seeing you in there. Now for this episode, I want to do something a little different. I want to talk about visual branding. Now I know branding has been the buzzword for the past several years and if you are someone who has a business, you have a creative business, maybe you have creative art that you're trying to set up as a business. The reason I want to talk about visual branding is because I think it's really important that we understand why we need it, what it's for. And I also want to share a little bit of my process in how I go about establishing that for other people. Because many of you know, I am a graphic designer by trade. I went to school. I went to art school in New York City, School of Visual Arts, and uh, graduated with a graphic design degree, worked in that field in many different places before having my own practice. And so um, wanted to share some of my process and approach, how I was trained, and some of my thoughts around that. But before I go there, I want you to think about this whole idea of visual consistency. It's an issue that I see a lot of times, especially with businesses and individuals who are creating businesses early on in the process. They know that they need a logo. They know that they need branding. They need a look, right? They need colors. They need fonts. um, They need a certain style of photography, perhaps. Those are all elements that would go into being part of a visual brand, But a lot of times, there's a shortage of resources. There's a shortage of finances. There's a shortage of time, right? But yet, these things are still important, and people have the sense that, well, I have to put something out there. So what I see a lot of times is that people don't have consistency in their branding. Their colors are all over the place. They don't have specific established colors. Their fonts that they use change depending upon whatever they see maybe to that inspires them in the moment and it's almost like imagine if you're walking down the street and off in the distance you see someone approaching you and you're kind of like thinking to yourself I don't know if I'm seeing what I'm seeing correctly here I mean this seems a little weird as the person gets a little closer you realize that they're wearing a biker jacket leather jacket They're wearing a tutu. They're wearing bright neon 80s running shoes. They're wearing a cowboy hat and sunglasses from the 60s. They're just all over the map. 
and you're like, whoa, what is happening with this person? And you're thinking, I need to cross the other side of the street because <laughs> I don't want to be around this person. I don't feel safe. I don't think, I, I don't know, there's something off about this. You would feel that way if somebody coming towards you visually gave you those cues in the real world. Well, the same thing is true when it comes to you showing up for your brand. How you show up in the online space, how you show up in print media, how you show up whenever somebody looks at something that has to do with your business. What are the visual cues that tell people that this is you? What kind of visual cues are you using? Are they evoking the right type of information and sensation? All those things should be done on purpose. And so a lot of times what I see is people just all over the map. There is no consistency. And again, it's it's not necessarily even a fault of their own because they're trying to get things done the right way. They're trying to make sure that they, you know, have something that looks professional or have something at least that they know someone told them that they should be doing at some point. But the execution is beyond reach. And so a lot of times I'll come into those situations and I try to unpack things and say, okay, let's try to identify some of the things that are really important in representing who you are as a brand. And let me say this also. It wasn't until more recently that the term personal brand was being used a lot. And my friend Mike Kim, who's been on the podcast before and is uh, a great friend, great uh, business mentor of mine, has a, a new book uh, out. I highly recommend that you uh, check that out. But he talks a lot about personal brands and this whole idea of being a creative and actually being a personal brand because it's your face. And even if you're an introvert and you're like, I don't want people to see my face, you are the brand. It's you as a person. It's you as a creative. And so building on that, not letting it seem like it's this big corporate entity when it's not, it's you. What are the things that are important to you? What's your sense of style? And so this is also sometimes where people get into a little bit trouble because they say, well, I'm a visual artist, so therefore I can have no problem with go ahead and making my own logo and setting up my website, my branding. And they think they have enough to accomplish that on their own. But a lot of times it's very different when you're talking in terms of, say, fine art and graphic design. There's commonalities, obviously, right? Because, you know, you can be really good with colors and things like that. But a sense of layout, a sense of um, information hierarchy, um, some of those other things you may need help with. And so if that's you, don't feel like you have to do everything yourself. Matter of fact, sometimes it's better if you look to somebody else who can help you because you're too close to your own brand. You're too close to your own interests. And you're trying to show up the best way that you can, but you need help. You need outside eyes. You need people who can be a little more objective about things. I know some people who have gotten too attached to something that they created earlier on, and they've said, I want to rebrand. I want to come up with something that's a little more professional. But they have a really hard time letting go of the thing that they've created because they feel like it somehow represents um, maybe the beginning of their business or somehow they're tied up in it personally. And so understand that sometimes 
something will only take you so far for a season and you need to change things up. You need to have things be a little bit more professional looking. And if you don't have those skills, it's okay. But just surround yourself with people who can help you. And I understand that there are budget constraints and all those kind of things as well. But again, look at it as an investment because the way that you show up for the world around you is going to speak. What kind of people do you want to attract? And you don't want to repel people like that person with the really bad fashion sense (laughs) that I described before. You don't want to be that person coming down the street, so to speak, you know, on the internet where somebody lands on your, your website and it's like, whoa, there's too much going on here, too many colors, there's like way too much information. I don't even want to actually look at it because I feel visually assaulted. <laughs> you don't want to find yourself in that place. And again, if you are in that place, seek help. You know, it's okay. Ask for some professional to help you clarify some things, simplify some things. White space, you know, where things are not constantly filled is your friend. Now, I want to talk a little bit about when someone comes to me and asks for a logo. This happens to me a lot because this is a part of my business, right? I mentioned graphic design. And so someone may come to me and they'll say, hey, I need a logo. And the first thing I want to assess is why. Like, why does this person want a logo? Is it because someone told them that that's what they needed? And do they need just a logo? Like just some kind of identifying mark and or, or name or do they need complete branding you know do they have a color scheme that's consistent and identified uh, making sure that those colors are you know the hex codes for online um, as well as you know other color breakdowns for color profiles if you're printing something or if you're you're having your color show up in any type of space you want to make sure that's consistent no matter where somebody is looking at it What kind of fonts are they using? Are those consistent? Are they legible? Just because something may look cool to you or interesting doesn't necessarily mean that you should use that as uh, a main identifier in your branding. Again, if you're using photography, what style of photography? There's a big difference between having something that's taken where there's proper lighting set up Uh, And even these days, things have gotten so much simpler and so much cheaper with being able to to buy some quick equipment and setting up a a little um, ring light or some other kind of lighting kit just to make sure that there's even lighting and taking advantage of even some of like, you know, shooting on an iPhone. I mean, you can get some pretty amazing quality photographs from an iPhone these days. And so it's that's kind of double-edged there, right? Because in one way, the technology has become more accessible and more affordable, but you still need to have to, you still need to know how to use it, and you still have to have an eye for what is good. You have to have taste, and so if you're able to discern what that is, then by all means, go for it. Just be consistent. And again, if you need help in that area, then seek someone who can help you. And even if it's not someone who has been doing this for years and years and, you know, is out of budget, maybe you can find someone who is in school and is looking to build a portfolio 
and you can tap that person to say, hey, I would love to be able to pay you more than this, but I can't. Uh, so maybe we can work something out where, you know, you have some work for your portfolio and some experience and I'm able to benefit from some of that work as well. There are always creative ways of uh, figuring out how to go forward. So anyway, all these different things that you can identify. Uh, I start to ask these questions. I ask a lot of questions early on in the process because I want to understand the context. I want to know what the person uh, thinks that they need and assess what they have in place, assess maybe what they've been told, and take all my years of experience working with a variety of different clients in a variety of different contexts, bring that to the table, and just clarify. Sometimes it's asking questions so that the other person can hear themselves talk through the answers. Because they may start in one place thinking that they want something and end up someplace completely different. And they just haven't had opportunity to have a conversation around that. So part of the early on discussion is identifying and clarifying and then also just helping shape something so that this person is going to end up with the thing that they really need you know my job is not to come in and just go hey you know what okay they're going to pay for this great i'm going to charge them for it whether they need it or not uh, that's a disservice to themselves it's a disservice to myself as well as a designer i want to make sure that everyone is happy at the end so Again, a lot of questions on the front end, a lot of trying to seek also what this person may be drawn to visually, like what other brands, what other logos, what kind of colors, uh, what kind of fonts did this, does this person like? Uh, what are they drawn to? Does that make sense for the type of business that they have? Um, all these things are, again, you're constantly assessing this information. You're gathering information and you're assessing and you're trying to clarify so that you're not starting so open-ended in the ideation process and in, in bringing some concepts that you're wasting a lot of time, energy, effort, and money in versions that are not even close to what the person may be interested in or what's really appropriate for what the business is. So asking a lot of questions, then coming to the point where I'm gathering information of what are the logos and brands that this person uh, identifies as something interesting and asking why they find it interesting. What is it about it? Is it a logo icon? Is it uh, the, the font choice? Is it a color? Um, collecting all that data uh, early on. And then coming to the point where I'm saying, okay, the person has um, identified some of those things you know, they've, they've signed a contract, they've chosen the package of what they want as far as, you know, how many uh, logos are presented and how many rounds of revisions. All those things are all ironed out way in advance. And so when I get to the point where I've collected all that information, then I go into the process of sketching. And sketching before you get on the computer is so vital because it's very easy to just get carried away when you're on the computer to just be lost in whatever digital uh, resources that you have available to you. And the nice thing about being able to sketch is that, first off, you can step away from your computer for a little bit. You're opening up, I have a little sketchbook and, uh, you know, either a pen or um, a mechanical pencil, and I'll just start sketching some ideas. Sometimes it's, it's, letter forms uh, and, and interesting shapes that come about. Sometimes there's a concept that has to do with an icon because of what the company is. Sometimes it's um, 
a certain layout that I'm inspired by. Uh, there are a lot of times where I'm looking at what have other people done in a context. You know, if, let's say a logo has a really long name. What have other people done in their treatment of a logo that has a really long name? Uh, I'm, I'm being inspired. I'm letting myself see what else is out in the marketplace, not to copy it, but to understand context. What else is happening in the space with this person in their business? Um, like, are there certain things that are just always in logos that are maybe a little cliche, uh, things that we want to avoid, or maybe there's something that you want to incorporate because it is something that is a visual identifier that helps people understand quicker what it is that, that this person does. So all this stuff is happening while I'm sketching, while I'm, I'm you know, in the process of ideation. And um, when I get to a point where I have a bunch of sketches that I really feel good about, then I'll start to move to the computer and I will start to identify certain font choices. And I always start in black and white. And the reason is that this is the way that I was taught back in art school, that a great logo should be able to stand alone in a one color situation. Reason being is that if you have your logo at the end of the day, and let's say you're uh, giving your logo to somebody else and they're placing it on top of a photo, let's say it's you know, you're sponsoring a, a golf outing for a fundraiser, and there's someone else who's putting together the brochure for the golf outing or the website, and you hand your logo over to them and you say, here's my logo, you know, put it on, on there as a sponsor. And then you go and look and you see that your logo in full color looks horrible on top of this full color photo because colors clash or maybe there's not enough contrast. It's not legible. And you find yourself in a place where, oh, my gosh, this is horrible. This is a poor representation of who I am and of just what I do and, and how I show up. And so a lot of times you need a one color version of your logo. Maybe it's all white, all black, or all one other color that's part of your brand. But it's really important to be able to have those for different contexts and situations. And so part of my job is thinking about all those different scenarios on the front end as I'm designing a logo. And again, this depends on the package that someone has chosen, but I'm thinking about those things so that someone doesn't get painted into a corner. Because the other thing that happens a lot of times is someone comes to me and says, hey, I had this guy do this, you know, they were on Fiverr or they were somebody who's really cheap, you know, it was 50 bucks for a logo or whatever. And I already know what's going to happen because that person did not think about all the things that I'm talking about. They simply threw something together on the computer and handed off a file. Maybe it was a JPEG where the logo is fused with the white background. And so there's that ugly white box that happens around the logo wherever it happens to live. Um, they didn't give uh, a version with a transparent background so that if you pop it on a website, the color background of the website shows through next to the logo. Um, maybe, you know, they're, they're not thinking through all the various contexts that might be needed. Maybe they're giving it to you in a web format and you need it for print. So you try to get like a business card made and all of a sudden your logo looks all fuzzy and pixelated. 
because someone didn't give you what you needed for the variety of contexts. So I'm always thinking about those things because that's part of my job. And that's why I charge more for logos because it's not simply just a piece of art, if you will. Uh, it's not simply a digital file that I'm handing off to somebody and cranking this out like on a production line. I'm taking these things into consideration for my client because they may not even be aware that that's a need. But I want to make sure that they're set up for success and that they're not frustrated on the back end of this going, I just spent some money on something and now it's useless and I have to go to somebody else and have them redo it. So that's one of the reasons why I always say it's great to have the black and white version or a one color version of the logo. Also, not to get too technical here, but I design all my logos in what's called vector art. Now there's vector art and raster art. And again, I'm not gonna get real nerdy here. If you know this, great, just bear with me for one second. But if you don't know what that is, vector art basically is editable, um, editable art that you can scale from say the size of a postage stamp all the way up to the size of a billboard and there's no quality loss. It's gonna look great no matter what. And you can change colors easily. You can, you can select the individual pieces of a logo and edit it and change it if you needed to. Versus a raster piece of art, which is more like say Photoshop, which is what I was describing before. A lot of times it is something that, um, it's a fixed resolution. And so it's not easy to say, if you have it small to go really large because it'll run out of information. It's almost like taking a, a photocopy and then making a photocopy of that, and then making a photocopy of that, and making a photocopy of that. It has to make up information that's not there, and so that there's quality loss. So that's one of the reasons why I always say, you know, I was trained to do it the right way, which is vector art, and not be seduced by a lot of the bells and whistles and, you know, um, different types of, of uh, stylings that you can get in Photoshop a lot of times if that's not suiting your needs. Uh, you want to make sure, again, that you have something that is professional, that is going to go the distance and uh, be good for you in a variety of contexts. So once we move on, you know, once we identify what the actual logo design looks like in a black and white or one color situation, then I go ahead and apply color. And so then I'll usually give a, a couple of different versions in color. And there's, a, again, depending upon uh, what the agreement was, some rounds of revisions to go back and forth a little bit. But essentially at the end, the person can be walking away with a one color or black and white version of their logo, a full color version of their logo. And then again, if they need some branding or they need uh, some kind of, you know, uh, I devise a style guide that goes along with it that basically says, here is your logo. Here's the right context for it to be used. Here's the context that should never be used. Like your logo should never show up in hot pink and lime green on a, you know, blue background. Um, never skew it. Make sure that things are always in proportion whenever it's being either enlarged or reduced. Uh, make sure that the, the fonts that are used with it are always these fonts that have been identified. Um, all the colors that are associated with the logo are these specific colors, and these are all the profiles for either print or online. Um, making sure that all that information is available so that if someone ever had to hand their logo over to somebody else to use, they could hand the style guide over to say, 
and here's how you use it. Here's the guidebook. Here are the rules that go along with my logo. Because you've you've invested all this time, all this energy, all this money in something. You want to make sure that it's consistently showing up the way that you intend, the way that it was designed to be used. And so that's part of the process as well. Uh, again, this is just a quick overview of what I do in my process when it comes time for someone to... Um, ask me to, to create a logo or uh, a style guide, you know, partial branding as far as visual branding. These are some of the things that I walk people through. And so if you go to my design site, which is Mike Brennan designs with an S.com, uh, you can see all sorts of examples of my logos that I've done and some of the other graphic design elements, uh, you know, things that I've done like uh, lead magnets and other uh, postcards, t-shirt designs, all those kind of things are there if you're interested in to see some of my design work. And let me just say this also, if you're somebody who you're thinking, hey, I need a logo, I've needed a logo for a while, and you're interested, reach out to me. Uh, I would love to um, partner with you and, uh, and, and design a logo for you and use the process that I've just described a little bit. Um, I think it's important for people to have some understanding of what happens when a logo is created, what happens, what goes into devising visual identity. Because again, it's not cheap, but it's an investment because it's making sure that you're showing up visually the way that you intend to. You're not that person with a fashion sense that's all over the map. You don't want people crossing the other side of the street when you come walking down, right? You want people attracted to you to say, yes, that person looks like they know what they're doing. They know uh, who they are, they know how they're showing up, and they're consistent. If it's on Instagram, if it's in print, if it's um, on their website, I can tell it's all the same person. It's all the same personal brand. It's all the same company. And again, if you're someone who is a uh, visual artist and you need some help with that as well, don't hesitate to reach out because Again, you may need someone to come alongside and help you with some of the things that are closely related to what you do, but are not really in your wheelhouse. Because maybe you don't deal with page layout design much. You deal more with composition. You may know what looks good, but maybe there's a gap between what you can execute technically and what you have as a vision in your head. So... Don't try to go it all on your own because you will be limited in what you're able to produce. And you want to make sure that you're showing up again the best way possible. So I hope that this has been enlightening for maybe some of you. Uh, if you're thinking about a logo, maybe you're thinking about uh, a refresh on your logo or rebrand. Maybe you've been interested in understanding what the process is in this and understanding why can I go to Fiverr and get a logo for something that's so cheap and yet other people charge you know, thousands of dollars for logos? Uh, it really depends on who the person is that's doing it and what they're bringing to the table because a lot of times you're not paying just simply for a digital file. You're paying for a process. You're paying for experience. You're paying for strategy. And those are the really important elements for you to take into consideration and to make sure that they are, you know, you're getting what you need at the end of the day. Um, so if I can be of service to you at all, don't hesitate to reach out. 
And if this has helped you, maybe you're a fellow designer and it's always good to just hear somebody else's process. I uh, hope that maybe it sparks some ideas or if you have further questions, feel free to reach out. I always love talking about this stuff and helping people understand the importance of logos and visual branding and making sure that we have more great design out there because as we all know, we don't have to look very far to find the design that hurts our eyes. <laughs> so I know this was a little bit of a different episode and more specific to design and visual branding, but I really do believe that it's something that uh, we all need, regardless if you're a writer, if you're a visual artist, if you're a musician, if you're a content creator, uh, you have a podcast. I mean, these are all things that we need graphic design. We need to be able to show up visually and look professionally put together and be intentional about how we're showing up. So if you have questions, reach out to me. Again, I'm, I'm at Mike Bone on Instagram and um, you can check out my design work on Mike Brennan Designs with an S dot com. And until next time, go create something. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.